1: To get started, visit plushcare.com weightloss weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss.
2: This is Internet Marketing. Brought to you by SiteVisibility at SiteVisibility.com. This is Internet Marketing. Now, uh, one bit of, uh, not, not, not a bit of news, it's a, it's a request. Um, we'd like your input on how we can improve the show. And as such, we're running a survey over on the Sight Visibility website. Um, it'll take about five minutes of your time and it would really help us to continue to make your podcasting experience with us as great as possible. If you'd like to help us out, you need to go along to sitevisibility.com slash survey. We'd really appreciate your feedback. So just again, that's sitevisibility.com slash survey. Now, today I'm joined by Rich Brooks, who is the president of Flight New Media over in Portland, Maine, and it's your 20th year in business, isn't it, Rich? It is. It, we were just talking about
3: that in our marketing meeting today, 20 years old, and one of my employees told me, oh, so flights, uh, I'm only three years older than flight. Yes. Which was incredibly depressing, and
2: I fired him on the spot. Yeah, and I'm only five years older than flight. It's, it's incredible, oh, isn't it? Um, so, you, so it's your 21st next year. Are you having a big party then? Uh, well, we'll probably have
3: something on the 20th. Uh, yeah, yeah, I guess I could, it, flight will be legal to drink in the United States as of next year. So maybe we'll have another party next year, too. <laughs>
2: so um let's start off um we're going to be talking i like these shows because you kind of go back to basics we're going to be talking about the bare essentials of digital marketing but before we go into that um tell us a bit about yourself tell us a bit about flight tell us about your conference and tell us about your book briefly
3: (laughs) (laughs) briefly all those things briefly
2: Um, isn't the title of your book it's actually the lead machine isn't it but i'm sure you'll
3: tell us that Yes. All right. So the short version of me is, uh, my name is Rich Brooks, and for the past 20 years, I've been running a digital marketing agency, most of that time spent in Portland, Maine. The company's name is Flight New Media, and our website is takeflight.com. That's F-L-Y-T-E. And we basically build websites and do the digital marketing for primarily small businesses, although we do have some bigger clients too. Uh, about five years ago, I started something called the Agents of Change Digital Marketing Conference, mm. and that is an annual conference Conference that takes place here in Portland, Maine, but we do a live stream and on-demand video of every single session. So people from around the world will tune in for that, and uh, we just started selling tickets for that. That takes place on Friday, September fifteenth, twenty seventeen. And I've got a podcast by the same name, The Agents of Change, where I interview digital marketing experts from around the world. And then, as you as you mentioned, thank you very much, Andy, for that. Uh, I have recently written my first book. It's mm-hmm. called The Lead Machine. The Small Business Guide to Digital Marketing, and it basically breaks down how businesses can do a better job of increasing their online visibility, driving more traffic to their website, and then converting that traffic into leads and sales
2: fantastic so let's uh, let me just think yes yeah, so let's let's break this uh, this chat down into because i know i know you we mentioned this in the in the pre-chat which the listeners never get a chance to listen to it's our secret chat we have before we do the show uh let's 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 break this down into sort of build attract retain and evaluate uh, probably the best thing so if you start off with um building sort of like building your platform developing the platform to convert visitors in, in, into leads what's your take on that rich Yeah.
3: Well, and just to take a step back, if you don't mind, Andy, so build, attract, retain and evaluate are what I call in the book, the bare essentials of digital marketing. So that's kind of where that came from. And so you're absolutely right. Build is where we start. And The purpose of the build is just that you need to have a platform on the web that you own, which is why you can't get away with, you know, a blog somewhere or Tumblr account or a Facebook page. You really need to have that website. And so one of the things that I think is really just very important to keep in mind is that your website is actually not about your company. It is about your customers. And so when you write your copy, you need to make sure that you're writing for your audience, the same kind of way that you'd have a one-on-one conversation with people. Mm. So, you know, certainly, you know, the two areas that people often fall down on or don't spend enough resources on is the copywriting as well as photography as well. Mm. You know, there's definitely a number of things that people need to keep in mind if they want to turn their website from, you know, basically a digital version of a pamphlet into a lead generation machine. And, you know, I mentioned copywriting before. Another critical piece is that the website needs to be mobile friendly. And hopefully everybody who's listening today already has a mobile friendly website and they know all this. But, you know, if you don't, I would say that the next thing on your uh, company budget needs to be is a mobile friendly website. Yeah. I usually recommend responsive design just because it seems like the most future proof technology I wouldn't or approach. I wouldn't say that anything is future proof, but it does seem to be an awesome way of creating uh, a website. That is flexible enough to fit into almost any size size screen.
2: Mm.
3: And then the other uh, you know thing is to keep in mind is most people who are coming to your website don't really know who you are. You know, they went to Google, they had a problem, they did a search, or they followed a link from somebody. And so a lot of what your website needs to do is immediately build trust. And so that's something else that you know you really want to focus on. And, and that comes from having a professional-looking website, it comes from good. Um, design it comes from uh, using the right words the kind of words that your customer would use and you know using photos the right way so uh, that's a lot of what what we talk about when we talk about like how do you build a website that's built for success
2: you mentioned um, responsive uh, design just remind our listeners i mean you you did allude briefly to what it means so just remind our listeners what responsive actually means So the way responsive is
3: just probably the most popular way of creating a mobile-friendly website. And it basically is almost like digital origami, where if you look at a responsive website on your desktop, it looks great. And there may be three columns and the pictures are wide. And if you grab the bottom right corner of that browser window and you start to you know, move it to the left, you'll see that it starts to fold in upon itself and reorganize itself for a tablet view. And then if you keep on going, it'll ultimately get down to what it looks like on the smartphone. Yeah. And that's basically because, you know, something to keep in mind is even though we talk about, you know, desktop, tablet, and smartphone, keep in mind that there are so many different sizes for tablets and so many different sizes for smartphones. And even now they talk about phablets, an awful, awful name as far as I'm phablets. concerned. <laughs> <laughs> phablets, uh for those devices that are somewhere between a tablet and a phone right so it's not just about optimizing it for three different sizes it's about using a technique in this case responsive web design that optimizes regardless of the number of pixels across the screen
2: now often i don't, I don't know about you richard but when i talk to people and they kind of come to me and they say oh Oh yeah, I think I need a website. Uh, I don't really know where to start though. I mean, do you think, I'm just wondering about keeping it simple. Do you think, do you think even if you can put something really simple up, it's better than nothing? Well, certainly anything
3: is better than nothing. Um, and, simple is very important as well because, you know, we do get so overwhelmed when we go spending time on the web. And, you know, the mistake that a lot of site owners make is that they just try and throw everything at their website and especially everything on the homepage. Mm. And the more distractions and the more choices you're asking people to make, the less likely they are to make any sort of buying decision. Uh, There was some great research years ago, which is often referred to as the jam study. Mm. And the short version of it is in one of those high-end groceries, they had one one of those, you know, food tasting areas and they laid out six flavors of jam and people came over to the display and they tried some and then you're allowed to pick some up and go, you know, to the counter and pay for it. Yeah. And then a few hours later they did the same thing, but they had 24 flavors of jam and they a much bigger display. Many more people came over, but at the end of the day, it turned out less people actually bought jam. Yes. And it's just because, you know, it's, it's that, uh, it's that thing that there's so many choices you're afraid you're going to choose wrong. And it's jammed. So there are no wrong choices, but people still freaked out about having so many choices, and yeah. so they didn't buy anything. And so that same rule holds holds true for your website. If you have 27 uh, link items running up the left-hand side of the page or on top, that's just too many. you know. And if you've got links all over the place and if you've got all these different offers all over the place on your homepage, mm. people aren't going to make a decision except to hit the back button and go look for a simpler website. Yeah, You know, there's this idea that people want choice. And I'm not saying that that's not true. But when they're coming to your website, their number one priority is guidance. They want to – they're looking to you as the expert in most cases. So you want to guide them to a solution that's going to make the most sense for them. And throwing everything at the wall and saying, well, what do you want? You know, that's not the way to go. I know that when I go into restaurants and there's like 5,000 things on the menu and you're just flipping through page after page after page. I've been there. Yeah, it's a, I, yeah. I don't know what I want to order. Like, There's just too many choices mm. where it's like a one- or two-page menu that has like maybe six or eight entrees. Like, That's the perfect number. And you should think about that when you're developing and designing your website. Keep it simple. Lots of white space. Make the choices obvious. And really just keep in mind that people don't know as much about your business as you do. So really keep it simple.
2: Fantastic. Okay. So we've built our platform and that's the B in bear. Let's move on to the A, which is attract. Now, I know this falls under a lot of different cat- categories. How do you sort of um, break this down, Rich?
3: Sure. That's a good question. There are a lot of different ways that we can drive traffic to our website. You know, I tend to focus on three big ones that are all digitally, digitally driven. Uh, SEO, search engine optimization, yeah. social media, and digital ads. And quite honestly, I can speak for about two to 10 hours on each one of these subjects. But, you know, just as you're thinking about, you know, what do you need to do to drive the right kind of people towards your website? My experience has been, even though social media is all the rage, that search engine optimization is usually the most critical tool for most small to medium sized businesses. Mm -hmm. People have a problem, they turn to Google, and you want to make sure that, that Google is going to serve up one of your pages or blog posts as one of those top 10 results. So understanding the words that your customers are using when they go to Google is a critical piece. And so very often, you know, it's about doing some keyword analysis, using some tools like Moz or keyword planner from Google to, to really get a sense of like, are people actually searching on some of these phrases? Mm. And then once you know what words they're using is then creating that content to drive people to the website. So if you do dog training, you know, Sure, you want to make sure that you're optimized for dog trainer, but you might also want to create some content around other phrases that people are searching on, like how to get my dog to stop barking or how to train my puppy, you know, whatever it is that you can help people with. You know, do those keyword searches, find out what words your customers are using, and then create pages or posts about that type of topic. Yeah. And then also getting a lot of incoming links from related quality websites is also going to improve your search engine optimization.
2: So it's understanding the language of your potential clients, I suppose, really, isn't it, Rich?
3: Absolutely. And and so a lot of people are like, oh, I don't know if I would care about SEO. I don't know. I'm like, first of all, you should. But secondly, doing a keyword analysis is just good market research. Like when you hear your clients or your prospects using the same words over and over again, You should be using those words, too. I mean, that's just like marketing 101. Mm. So, you know, very often, like if I if somebody sends me an RFP and I hate RFPs, but that's a whole nother story, but they're using certain language in that RFP. When I write the proposal, I make sure I'm using their exact language so that they know that I heard them. And it's the same thing with search engine optimization. If somebody's looking for, you know, how to house train my puppy, then you know that I'm writing an article called How to House
2: Train Your Puppy. Mm. Now, I know you sort of demoted social media a bit down below SEO, but what's your take? And it? obviously, it's, it's still important, but I mean, and it's a rapidly obviously, shifting yeah. landscape, isn't it? What's your take on it?
3: It is. And I'm not – I have just – my experience has been in looking at Google Analytics for my websites and my clients that social media isn't as big a driver of traffic as people think. That doesn't mean it's not effective and, of course, every business is different. We've worked with, you know, certain businesses where social media is a much bigger deal. Um, But a lot of times social media is like a networking event where you're really just kind of building up trust – but the other thing is one of the ways that I organize social media in my own head is that I talk about social platforms versus social networking. So under social platforms, I think of, you know, I remember studying abroad and and going to London and going down to Speaker's Corner on a Sunday morning and seeing people stand on literal uh, soapboxes mm. and, and and other cartons and, and just talking about whatever they wanted. And then people would surround them and and they'd start yelling things back. And I'm like... Now I think back on as wow, that was like the prototypical blog, except in real life. Yeah. So platforms are like blogs and podcasts, YouTube channels, places where you have an opportunity to say your piece, but then also get feedback and response. Mm -hmm. And then social networking are tools like Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, LinkedIn, places where you don't really own that property and it's more of an ongoing conversation. So like any networking event, we want to be there, but that's not necessarily a place to close business. It's a place to get to know your audience, for them to get to know you, to build trust, again, that important trust idea, and ultimately to get them to a point where they feel comfortable, where they are going to click on a link and come see you and come talk to you. As you know, in a networking event, I went to one last night, I didn't walk around with a contract in my hands, seeing if anybody wanted to sign it. (laughs) But you know, If I make a connection with somebody and I saw somebody who I'd worked with in the past and they said, oh, you know, Rich, uh, uh, I'm working for this new company. Our website's a mess. And I said, well, let's schedule a time and you can come in and tell me about it. That's kind of the same thing. It's like go be public, be social, and then try and bring people back to your Website, which is your place of business to kind of get them to move further down the funnel So social media is important. It's just been my experience that it's getting tougher and tougher for people to Find you and engage with you Mm. And it's not necessarily the number one tool that I think of when it comes to driving traffic anymore
0: Mm. Hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place
2: uh, Rich, do you, do you think they have a place in uh, attracting, um, some potential clients these days? Absolutely. In fact, that's where we're you know we're putting a
3: big much bigger emphasis at flight than we ever did before in digital ads. I used to say, why would you pay for a lead when you can get one for free? But now with the changing landscape in social media and the increased competition at Google and the fact that Google is only one one column wide and up to four ads appear above even the local search results you have to be willing to throw some money at the problem. And so digital ads uh, you know The big one is, well, one of the big ones is Google. Obviously, when Mm. people are doing a search, if they have commercial intent, you want to be in front of them. And then on Facebook, Facebook's an amazing platform because there's so much information about about your ideal customer there. And of course, you can upload your email list there too. Facebook ads are very popular. And recently, we've been doing side-by-side tests on Facebook ads versus Twitter ads. And we're actually getting better uh, cost-per-click on our twitter ads now we haven't done enough research on this Mm -hmm. but it's certainly worth playing around with i mean we definitely were getting uh cheaper leads through twitter i have not studied enough and across a wide enough you know um series of ad campaigns to see if it always wins but right now twitter ads are so inexpensive and they really are targeted better than people think they are that they're definitely worth checking out and then, of course, depending on your audience, you know we do a lot of work with like wedding planners and uh, professional organizers, mm. so for them, Pinterest is a huge platform, so using promoted pins is another excellent place to put some digital ads so I think when it comes to those you know how do I drive traffic to my website it 's seo it 's social media, and it absolutely is digital
2: ads it's interesting we don 't talk about Pinterest very much on this show actually we should talk about about it more, but it 's because, I don't know, it's it's images, effectively, isn't it? So I'm just trying to work out, I suppose, is, is it sort of promoting images that are sort of to do with your product and then pointing them back to the website? I guess that's how you would use it. So... I am not a Pinterest expert.
3: <laughs> right. And, and so it's actually something that somebody else in my company handles. I mean, I have a yeah. general knowledge of it. So, yes, you can certainly post pictures of your own stuff that would link back to your website. Mm. And also you can use it like a social media platform where, you know, if you want to get known in a certain industry, you know, pinning other people's stuff. Leaving comments, all the kind of things that you would do anywhere else. You can do influencer influencer marketing there.
2: Mm.
3: It's just like another social media platform. It's just not one that I've really invested a lot of time in, and so that's why I kind of have somebody else on my team running some of that stuff for me. But certainly, you know, like on your website, you should make sure that you have images that are Pinterest friendly. Mm. So on my Agents of Change podcast website. We do up a couple of different banners for everybody who comes on the show with, you know, their photo and some of our branding and like a, a quick quote from them. Yeah. And we do a tall version of that image so that when people do hit that image, mm-hmm. they're sharing it on Pinterest and tall images with captions, you know, tend to do tend to get a lot of visibility on Pinterest just because of the size and shape. So that's one thing that we do to make our site a little bit more pin friendly.
2: Fantastic. Okay, let's move on, because uh, we've, we've got our platform, uh, we've done our best to attract the right people, and now this is a really interesting bit, Retain, because it uh, cause I like processes, you see, and Retain is, for me, it's like the first process of like the sales and marketing funnel, but let's not get too deep into that. H- how, how do you stay in front of your customer once they've visited, Rich? That is a great question, and, and people you know, they, in the
3: old days would be like, oh, come back and check off and for updates. Nobody checks back in for updates unless you're like right. CNN or ESPN or one of those news or sports sites. So, you know, the number one method that I recommend for staying in front of people after they've left your site is email marketing. I mean email marketing is like so critical to so many businesses success and people just don't think about it nearly enough like that should be this after you've got your website done your email marketing should be the number two thing that you take care of I like I you know I've said I have had a podcast I interview digital marketing experts they're Facebook experts Instagram experts Pinterest experts Mm. but almost all of them when you ask them what's the most important thing for your business they talk about building their list which is email marketing yeah so you you know, creating a lead magnet, a reason why somebody would want to give you their email address is a critical piece of it. You know, whether it's a discount in your company store, whether it's an ebook, whatever it is, a webinar, get people to opt into your email newsletter. And I've often said, your email customer's inbox is the most valuable piece of real estate on the internet and getting access to that it makes all the difference Mm. i mean you and i are having this conversation right now there's probably five to ten thousand tweets that i've missed on twitter never going to see them again but anybody who happened to email me during this interview those are all still going to be waiting in my inbox including all the newsletters i signed up for so email marketing people just don't give it enough credit it's such an important piece and i recently saw a quote i think by brian eisenberg and, and it I've said something similar, but he said it better. Something along the lines of, never forget that social is for reach, but email is for revenue. And it's true. It's like I know from selling tickets to my conference. We promote it all over the place in social, but it is email where we make the sales.
2: I can't remember where I heard it now, but I heard someone say, it was someone that knew what they were talking about, saying that if my office burnt down, the first thing I would rescue is my email marketing list. of course that's not true because we tend to store things on the cloud these days but <laughs> right. yeah, the, the essence of it was, but was philosophically philosophically they were it right was, was them, correct like, yeah. yeah Now what do you think because I, I get the impression I don't know, I don't know the last oh what maybe two years, maybe two and a half years I've just got this impression that people think email marketing is becoming less important. Do you, do you think that's completely wrong? I think it's 100%
3: wrong. Mm. Um, You know, all you need to do is, and people are like, oh, social media is so much more important. Really? Then why do I get 27 emails a day from Facebook, 400 emails a day from LinkedIn, and countless emails every day from Twitter? Because those platforms know the importance of email marketing. You know, yes, Mm. there's downsides to email marketing. The Delivery rates are low, spam is high, all this sort of stuff. But there is nothing that delivers like email marketing. I would stake my reputation on it. Now, in a few years that may change, but for right now, get back to basics, build
2: your email list because that's really the uh, coin of the realm. Yeah. Fundamentals, email marketing. Email marketing 101 is important, isn't it? Um, Absolutely. Let's talk about retargeting because this is this notion of like you 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 were looking at something on I don't know, amazon.com. And then you just went to another website and, and as if by magic, the thing you were looking at appears over on the right hand side. How does this work? And, and, and what's your take on that? Right. They're kind of like the barnacles of advertising. They yes. just don't let go. Yeah.
3: Um, so I've had some success with the retargeting, and that is definitely a way of staying in front of people. And you can set up your retargeting using a tool like AdRoll or Facebook has its own platform and Google has its own platform mm. where somebody comes to your website. And if they take a desired action, like they buy now or fill out your contact form or, or, or sign up for your email newsletter, you can kind of go hands off. Mm. But if they don't do any of the things that you want them to do, You can follow them around the web until basically they break down crying and say, yes, take my money. (laughs) Um, You know, so this is a great tactic. Like we have an article uh, that I wrote, I think last year on hashtags. And uh, if you actually Google the phrase hashtags explained, we're like the number zero response, you know, the one where they actually take the clip from the article and then just give you some of the information that delivers like 3000 visitors a month to our website. It's by far the most popular page on our site. You know, We can target all those people and then follow up with them to show them ads for other things that they might be interested in because they've shown some interest in one topic that's relevant to how we can help them. So that might be one thing. When we ran retargeting ads for the Agents of Change conference the first year we did it, there was one point where we had uh, spent $212 on retargeting ads and it had led to – over $9,000 in ticket sales. Now, that was several years ago. And like anything else that works, the ROI goes down year after year after people start bidding on the process as well. But we're still seeing a positive ROI on retargeting. So that's another great way to stay in front of people when they've left your website.
2: Now, we must talk about social media. We've already mentioned it. We've, we've, we haven't exactly dissed it, but we've, we've said that it's how, how sort of... Um... It's not at the top of the list, really. But social media, in terms of retention, getting people to like you, how important is that? It's
3: something that we do out of habit, but it's not something that I put a lot of stock in. I really focus more on email marketing and retargeting. Um, But, yeah, there's certainly opportunities uh, to get somebody to uh, like, follow get LinkedIn with you, whatever it is. And that is permission to continue to market or communicate with them. So mm. it's probably the least likely to get done. It does still take them, require them to take some sort of action. But again, the way that, um, Facebook's algorithm works right now and the fact that there's so many people who are on Twitter I just don't think it has the same strength as something like email marketing or retargeting but you know it's certainly a good last ditch attempt you might as well have some of those you know follow us on Facebook links on your website I just might reco- one of the things we do is we have them open up in a little pop-up window yeah. and so people can follow friend whatever us fan us and then um they'd still be at our website when they finish that so we don't even like pop up in a new tab mm. we literally have it take place right on the website and that way at least i'm not losing them
2: okay right so we're done build attract retain let's do the e of bear evaluate now we've talked about on this show uh, quite recently we've had a few episodes about google analytics but just give us your sort of overview of ga and perhaps tell us about a few other sort of evaluation platforms or tools probably a better word out there on the net
3: yeah so um, we're a big fan of Google Analytics, and we set that up with every website we do and Usually, about a month after we've launched the website, I will sit down with a client and just give them a tour of Google Analytics because unfortunately, they're a lot like uh jogging sneakers on February first in the fact that they're just tucked away in a closet and never used, and yeah. just like you know jogging sneakers, it's like you don't actually lose weight by having the sneakers. You actually have to use them. And it's Mm. the same thing with Google Analytics. It's so important for us to figure out what's working and what's not working. Otherwise, we're just, you know, throwing spaghetti at the wall. So what we really want to do is go into Google Analytics. I usually recommend to my clients to spend at least 15 minutes in there a week uh, just to take a look. You start to get some sense of what's working and what's not working. There's so many reports in Google Analytics. Like I can almost not even tell you the ones that you should pay attention to. I generally look for trends. Mm. Some of my favorite things to do is I always connect Google Analytics to Search Console. So I pull in all my Search Console reports directly into Google Analytics. And I'll often go and look at the search queries report in there. And then I'll sort by what position we're at. So it'll tell me all the words that I rank for. So, you know, it might be something like, say, uh, email marketing. So, you know, I go and I see the email marketing. um, I'm getting some traffic from that. I'm appearing on page, you know, one for this search, page two for this search, page seven for that search. What I do is I organize in this report for any time that I'm going to appear on page two. Because if I'm already getting some traffic from page two, imagine how much traffic I get from page one. Mm. So then using this report, I identify what page it is that's driving traffic and appearing on page two. And then I go to that page and I make changes to the the words on the page, the title, the header. I create some new links to that page, all with the goal of getting to page one for that particular page. By doing that, I'm going to greatly increase the number of people who see that result and then click on that result. And then the next thing I do is I try and create a value add on that page so that people will then end up downloading it and joining our list. So, for example, we have one article that's all about um – A very popular article on free and inexpensive stock photography. Mm. And, but we're not, we don't sell that. We're just, it was just kind of a blog post we wrote because we thought our customers and prospects would be interested in it. So then what we did is we created a value add of some of the free and inexpensive tools you can use to optimize those images for your blogs and emails and everything like that. That's a value add that's only available to email subscribers. So you read the article, And then you're like, oh, yeah, I'd like to know those free tools. And then you click on the link, give us your email address. We can now email market to you and you can um, get this article. And that all came about because we were paying attention to our Google Analytics. And we saw that that article had legs and more and more people every month were reading that. So, you know, it's not just a matter of, oh, yeah, I see that I had a thousand visits last month and 900 visits this month. It's more about like taking a look and, and spending a little time and trying to see like, what is this telling me? Like, what lessons mm. can I learn from this? Are there searches that people are doing on my website? That might tell me what parts of my website aren't working. It also might tell me what kind of content people want on my website. And maybe mm. I need to create that content. Maybe I need to create a, uh, an online course for that. Maybe I need to write a book on that. You know, it's like, this is just good market research and Google analytics, uh, is there to kind of show us the way.
2: It's great, isn't it? Because it really gives you an overview of the sort of relationship between your website and what people are looking for. It also gives you an idea of the language that your clients are using, doesn't it, I suppose? Absolutely. Now, just remind our listeners, um, Rich, on Google Builder, what it is and how it fits into this.
3: Yeah, so there's a free tool out there from Google called the Campaign URL Builder, I think is the new name. They recently rebranded it. Right. (laughs) Right. And basically, I'm sure everybody has seen this, you're reading an email, click on the link to go to the webpage, and you see that it's more than just the webpage, it's question mark equals and then a whole bunch of words afterwards. Yeah. What that's doing, it, that's basically you know, like some additional information that you can create for yourself. And the reason why you want to do this is to get a better understanding of what's working and what's not working. So again, getting back to my uh, annual conference, we promote that through the Flight New Media brand, we promote that through the Agents of Change brand we mm. promote that through the the Rich Brooks brand and uh, on top of that we do that through email newsletters we do that through Facebook and Twitter and and Instagram and LinkedIn and a whole bunch of other stuff I want to know, what actually sold tickets? Was it email or was it a banner ad? Was it 20% offer, you know, off offer? Was it, uh, you mentioning that Jay bears our keynote, like what exactly was it that drove people to make that buying decision? Mm-hmm. And so I go to campaign URL builder and I put the web page in that I want. Like in this case, it would probably be the register page put in that URL. And then, uh, you know, if I'm sending out an email from, Constant contact for under the agents change. I'll put in like CCAOC, which is our internal code for constant contacts AOC account, vice versa. Mm -hmm. Um, I put in the medium, which would be email in this case. And then I put in the campaign name, which might be early bird or sizzle reel or J bear or whatever it is that creates that longer URL. I then promote that URL on the constant contact email that goes out. Yeah. And then when I go look at my Google Analytic reports, not only do I see that this campaign or this medium or this source provided traffic to the website, I also, if I've set up Google Analytic goals, I can see what's creates the most sales for me. So we plug in the prices of the tickets in the goals Mm -hmm. and then I can go back and see like afterwards, it's like, wow, I sold $10,000 worth of tickets from email. I sold 5,000 from banner ads. I Mm -hmm. sold 1,000 through Twitter and it starts to help me prioritize where I should be spending my time in digital marketing and a completely free thing and one thing i might recommend this is what we do is if you've got multiple people working on it or if it's a campaign that's going to last a long time and you've got different campaigns within that campaign Mm -hmm. is i just create a simple google docs spreadsheet and i put in all the codes in there so when somebody needs to create those links they just go to that page and then they know exactly what all the short code should be
2: brilliant so it enhances what's in google analytics doesn't it
3: Absolutely. It just, it pulls back a whole nother level of reporting and all it
2: costs is a few minutes up front. Fantastic. Now there's, there's one, um, sort of another piece of this evaluate jigsaw that you mentioned in the pre-chat that I bet a lot of our listeners kind of forgot about and that's reports in your email provider.
3: Yeah, that's something that people don't take a look at. And I Mm -hmm. don't know why, because you can get a lot of great information. I mean, sure, when I log into Constant Contact, I'll see like the open rate and the uh, click through rate. And those are definitely important. Mm -hmm. But you can also see exactly what links people are clicking on. So if you're sending out something with, say, three offers or three articles, you can start to see what's most important for people. Uh, And of course, you can see like the the emails that people opened and if anybody unsubscribed and all that sort of stuff. But it also can tell you, like, if you send out three articles and one's on hats and one's on coats and one's on shoes and the ones with shoes got a whole bunch of opens, there's a lot you can do with that information, uh, including taking everybody who clicked on that link and segment them out and call them shoe lovers and then send them more in uh, more information on shoes, and not bother the people who are only interested in hats and coats, for example, mm-hmm. and then also that just gives you additional information as well on you know what areas people are interested in and um, what emails are, are most effective, and I love doing some maybe split testing where I might try you know on one. You know, the same email, but in one case I tout the 20% off, and another one I talk about free shipping to see which one has a better open rate. So there's a lot of things that you can be doing by looking at your email service provider's reports.
2: So we've covered a lot of ground today, but if you had one sort of top tip or key takeaway for our listeners today, uh, what would it be, Rich? I think it would be building your email list with
3: opt, it's not just about getting it to be as big as possible, but with the right people. Mm. So, you know, I think that's something that a lot of people forget about these days. And, you know, obviously you and I both see the benefits of it. We talked about it, but if there's one key takeaway, it's like, what can I do to get people to join my list? You know, what is the value add that I can provide them where they'd be like, I'd be foolish not to join your list.
2: Mm. That's fantastic. Well, thank you so much, Rich, for coming on the show. Um, how can our listeners uh, find out more about um, A, you, B, your book, and C, your conference?
3: I will try and keep this simple. Uh, (laughs) If you're interested in the conference, head on over to theagentsofchange.com. And of course, if you like podcasts like this one, we also have a weekly podcast. Sorry, Andy, your podcast. I forgot about the podcast. (laughs) So we'll summarize. If you're interested in chatting with me, uh, I'm always available at the Rich Brooks on Twitter. And if you are interested in picking up a copy of the Lead Machine book, you can actually go to theleadmachinebook.com. And there's links over to Amazon and more information and a free chapter. Uh, you know what, actually, why don't we just give your uh, listeners a free chapter right now? So if you head on over to theagentsofchange.com slash Andy. Yep. I will give you a free chapter to my book. So I'm going to write that down right now so I don't forget about it. But head on over there, download a free chapter of the book, and then, of course, if you like it, you can buy the whole thing. But, you know, it's still – that chapter is actually all about how to increase conversion rates at your website. So even if you don't buy the book, you're going to come away with something amazing.
2: I'm very honored you know, Richard. What you want to do uh, – by the way, send us send us a link. Email me a link, and I'll, uh, and I'll put it in the show notes. Uh, I absolutely – But I'm very honored because it's the first time my name is being used in the promotional link. <laughs> I want you to feel special. I do feel very special now. Thank you very, very much, Rich. And thanks to our listeners for listening. The show notes are in the usual place, sitevisibility.com slash Um Please leave us a review for enjoying the show because it helps us to um, you know, get out to more people and um, spread the sort of better marketing ideas and advice around. Don't forget the survey. I'll just say the URL again. It's sitevisibility.com slash Survey because we again, we, any suggestions to improve the podcast would be gratefully received. If you want to email us generally with you know suggestions, it's podcast at sitevisibility.com or you can tweet at sitevisibility. And that's it, I think it's all from me, Andy, and it's all from Rich. Thank you very much for tuning in, and we'll see you next time on Internet Marketing.